Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. Today, I wanted to bring up an important topic around empowerment. As I'm exploring this with my clients and in my upcoming TEDx talk, I am seeing how important it is that we empower ourselves first before we look at our mission to empower others. This doesn't mean that we have to be perfect, but that we are putting our own inner work first. The real work of empowerment is deep work. It is vulnerable work. And sometimes we use helping others as a distraction to avoid working on ourselves. To feel empowered means that you feel in control of your life. But where do you still feel out of control? This is an episode that explores the real work of empowerment and how we can all have more impact in the world around us. If you are enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to liberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I am here with my dear friend and co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Doing pretty well. I'm looking forward to our conversations. This is like a highlight of my week to spend this time, carve out this time for us to dive deeply into these topics that can sometimes not be discussed very often in our networking events or everyday visits with our clients or colleagues. Yeah, look, I so agree. I mean, seriously, like it is the highlight to my week. I love it. I love starting out this way. All right. Fantastic. Well, look, today we wanted to sort of bring up a topic that I'm, I find is really relevant in the work that I'm doing with people, in the work that I'm doing in my TEDx talk. And, and what it is, is really about how I think it's quite important that women focus on empowering themselves instead of always the focus being on empowering other women. And we'll, we'll sort of make a, you know, talk about what that means and, and what this looks like. But I, I, it's kind of like the safety masks first on an airplane, right? You need mm-hmm. to put the safety mask on yourself first before you put the safety mask on someone else. And I think this is really true with empowerment because I feel like so many women, I mean, I, I'm not joking, like 90% of the women that come to work with me are, are, you know, I'm talking to them about their business. I'm like, what do you want to do? Well, I want to empower other women, which is fantastic. But I oftentimes, the first thing I think of and the first thing I want to work on is where are they not feeling empowered themselves? Right. And I think that this is, you know, sort of one of the explorations we're going to have today. I like the direction that you're taking with this, because I think that we all know that that is important. I mean, we've heard the put the oxygen mask on before you turn and help someone else. It's so so we sort of get that intellectually and we think consciously often that we're doing that when we go into our work. But when we start to feel, I mean, I know for me, I'm, I've been guilty of it, like continuing to plow ahead and work with clients when there's something going on with me. Maybe it's I need to take more time for myself. I need self-care or I need some insight or clarity or something's going on and it can be easier to keep 
moving forward with everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of making that hard stop sometimes to slow down and look inside. I mean, I, I think I use it as a distraction sometimes. I think many of us do. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. What do you completely. think about? Yeah, look, yeah. I, I absolutely agree because I think, you know, the, the real work of empowerment, and this is something that I'm working on a lot right now with my TEDx talk is, is it's deep work. It's vulnerable work. It's hard work. Like, you know, I mean, really looking at even the definition of empowerment, which I think we've talked about before, you know, it's really about feeling in control of your life. It's feeling that you have control over your fate. It's feeling that you have the power and the confidence in all the areas of your life. That's actually what empowerment means. So, you know, I think what's happened is there's a lot of sort of shallow talk about empowerment. Empowerment is feeling good about yourself. Empowerment is making a million dollars. You know, and there's sort of all these like hashtag empowerment, you know, or we're sort of mm-hmm. looking at all these pieces that are really, um, they're really shallow. And still so many people who are pretending to be empowered or who are acting empowered are still feel completely out of control in their lives. You know, there's still some areas of their lives they feel disempowered by. And instead of looking at those, which is the deep work and having to work through those is the hard work. They're like, I'll just focus on empowering others. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like we have a little bit of a passing the buck on empowerment, right? It's <laughs> yeah. like, let me help you do that. <laughs> and then I don't have to look at where I might be a little bit rusty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it's like so many things. It's always easier to, to look outside of ourselves and say, oh, you know, like we do that to our friends. Like, oh, I can completely see this blind spot. And so I'm just going to keep encouraging you and I'll come up with all these ideas and solutions. And, and often, that's helpful. That's what we love about our friends, that we can have that outsider perspective. But what does it mean to have the insider perspective? Mm. And are we slowing down in this busy world, overwhelmed with so many things going on? You know, are we slowing down to tune in and really search for that inside perspective? How much power do I have in my life? Do I feel empowered in my body? Do I feel empowered in my relationships? Do I just feel powerful as a human on this planet where it's about compassion and love and connection? Or am I using power over, you know, people in my life or systems that I'm in? You know, going back to um, recently, we had an episode about privilege, you know, am I using my privilege to feel powerful rather than getting more clear about unearned privilege and empowering other people from a place of self-knowledge. I mean, it's like we can really pass the buck in ways that we're unconscious of many times. And so I'm, I'm glad we're kind of diving into this and I'm definitely not here to speak as a, a teacher that's perfect at this. It's I'm speaking, yeah, as someone who struggles with this and who mm-hmm. will use that to my work with clients to distract me from certain um, little rough spots that I'm probably in from time to time. Yeah, and I think you know we have to pick apart a few things. Like like there's a scale. Obviously, we're all on a scale of empowerment, right? There's no perfect empowerment. There's there's no ultimate. <laughs> like I am fully empowered. Well, you probably won't be in a physical body if that's true. Yeah. So you know, like none of us are fully empowered. Obviously, and we're all sort of on the spectrum. And there's people who are very feeling very very disempowered in their life. They you know are run over by others a lot. They don't speak up for themselves. You know, that's a lot more disempowerment. And you have people who are fairly empowered but they still have areas that, you know, they, they still need to reclaim. They still need to feel empowered in. And, and that's, you know, all of us. I don't know anyone who isn't at that, at least at, 
at the some spectrum where they still feel disempowered in some ways. I definitely don't feel fully in control of my life in every area. You know, I think I have a lot of skill and I think I've done a lot of work. And and so in that, I have some experience and taste and, and a palpable um, understanding of empowerment. But yeah, there's still lots of places that I feel disempowered in my life. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's good to kind of look at this in terms of what it feels like, right? Because disempowerment feels very... Uh, unsteady. And so I think in our bodies or in areas of our lives, we can kind of look at where do we feel sort of unsteady, it can be ungrounded, or you might have, you know, an explanation that it just feels chaotic. Um, you know, those are sort of areas where you can start to to look at as more disempowered. Whereas when we're really empowered in our lives, we're sure right? Like we're sure. We're in our authority. We're clear about what we what we know in that area. We feel really confident and not a fake confidence like we're pretending, but like a truly rooted, grounded confidence. And so I think it's good to start to even look at what's that, what does the different feel? Because we talk a lot about empowerment, but how often do we really feel what that actually feels like? That's a great question. And what came to mind for me is um, a reson- definitely I'm resonating with what you're saying about empowerment feels grounded, rooted, this, this confidence that's embodied, like, oh, I'm at home with myself. I feel um, connected to myself. And, it, and when I am disempowered, I feel like I am going after something. Like I want to – it's more reactive and mm-hmm. – it's grabby and it's ne- kind of needy, like a quick, I need to get this. I need to feel powerful in this, in this point or part of my life. And so it's really funny. I'm actually, I love, um, have to shout out to one of my favorite other podcasts, Bliss and Grit mm, and Vanessa too. and Brooke call it <laughs> grabby hands, right? You get all grabby hands about it. Like when it's not real, really feeling empowered, it's grabbing at mm. something outside of ourselves in sort of this act, active, reactive um, mode and not really sourcing it from an internal place. Like I, and I'm thinking about this because if you are feeling disempowered and you need to internally source it, you know, where do you go to do that? Mm. I mean, for me, I think that's where I have to kind of let go of what you were saying is sort of this physical body doesn't always have all the answers. That's where I go into my, I, I go into my spirit, physical body to find my spiritual body and to find my spiritual wise, more wise self that sometimes knows that I have this divine birthright of empowerment. Like, you know, that when it knows we came into this world whole, we came into this world divine, um, but yet we've gotten separated from that part of our, our core self. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, all of this is part of our reclaiming, right? Which we talked about last week. And this mm-hmm. ability to start to embody empowerment, to take back our power in certain areas and to, and to understand what that even feels like. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, this is sort of the exploration is, are we empowered? Because I think a lot of times we take for granted, um, our disempowerment because 
you know, we, we have fairly good lives. You know, if, if we're in the first world country, we've got a business, we have a home, you know, we, we've, we tend to sort of take for granted that, you know, we, we've got pretty good things. And we think we, you know, oftentimes we even feel guilty if we don't feel positive about everything. If we don't see everything is we're blessed and we should have a lot more gratitude. And so then we don't actually explore and look at, but where am I actually still feeling quite disempowered? Where do I feel like my husband has a lot of control? Or where do I feel like my job or my business has a lot of control? Where do I feel like friends and people in my life, you know, still have control in our relationships and I feel out of control? Maybe I feel out of control as a mother, which we've talked about. You know, so Mm -hmm. I think it's this, we have to go back in and explore where are we disempowered? Because the more empowered we get in ourselves, the more impact we have in the world. I mean, really, like mm-hmm. so much more impact. You know, it's not about what we do in the world. And this is where we get, you know, that pull or that idea that the more we do in the world, the more impact we have. The more we do in the world, the more empower, you know, empowering we are to others. But the truth is, it's by example. Yes, it is. It is. That is such a good point. And you know, it made me, there was a question that kind of surfaced to my mind when you were saying this is how do we, you know, as the listeners are talking, it's like, what is that, what does that self-examination look like, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about feeling empowered and versus disempowered and going into the body. Um, but I'm curious if there's anything you use specifically to discern beyond that, that feeling in the body of groundedness, but assessing, you know, it's like, am I blind to something? Am I feeling, um, thinking I'm empowered and working on this issue with a lot of people when there is a sense of disempowerment? Do you ever notice patterns or things that kind of help you, yeah, you look, know, I think there's a, that? there's a lot of sort of, um, red flags, if you will, or, yeah, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. um, symptoms or signs. So, you know, and this will be, this will manifest a little bit different in different people, right? So I find for myself, um, if I'm uh, like, there's a feel, so it's so interesting because for me, it's such a felt sense, right? So trying yeah. to sort of describe it, but you know, <laughs> if I'm feeling distracted, that for me is a sign that whatever area I'm distracted in is mm-hmm. is probably an area I'm, be, I'm feeling disempowered by, right? Like there's something that is um, stealing my deliberate choice of attention, right? Mm-hmm. So because so often, you know, if I'm feeling really empowered, I'm very deliberate. I'm like, here's my attention. You know, here's where I want it to go. Here's what I what I want to do. And I'm feeling it from the inside, not my mind just telling me what I should be doing. But I'm feeling sort of this power from the inside to be like, yes, this is what feels right. This is what I need to do next. And and there's this really good flow. When I find I'm distracted, like for me, it can be um, I really want to watch TV shows. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, there's, like yes. I really want to sit and watch TV shows on or, or Netflix, you know, like I really uh-huh. – and nothing's wrong with that. Like sometimes I can do that very deliberately as well. Like I want to take a break. I need sort of a different mind track and I'm going to deliberately watch a show. But when I want to watch a lot of shows, <laughs> that's yeah. sort of a sign to me like, hmm, like there's something here that I'm feeling disempowered by and I want to sort of disconnect from it. I want to, I want to feel distracted. So I know that's one of the ways, uh, sort of the signs or symptoms for me. I also think there's this, and I think this is more subtle, but I think it's something that is really important. We have to start to look at where are we pretending to be confident versus where mm. we actually feel confident. And one of the challenges was that with this, and this is how I work with my clients as well, is is they have to have a, a reference point. 
if they've never felt very like actually confident, then they have no reference point. And that's a, quite a challenge actually to work with. Whereas mm-hmm. most people <clears throat> have some kind of reference point for where, when they felt really confident, right? So I take them mm-hmm. back to sort of that moment in their body and their feeling. Like when did they really feel confident in their life or when did they really feel abundant in their life or whatever they're trying to create. And, and there's a feeling they have with that. There's a reference point for that. And that's a great way to, to look at, okay, so that's when you felt really confident. So how do you feel now? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes it's it's a very different feeling. And so it starts to help them realize the difference because I actually think that the way to to kind of get a reference point for where we are or where we're not is by comparing. So here's mm-hmm. what it felt like when I was feeling confident and here's what it feels like now. That does not feel very confident. And I think that that's, the, that's sort of the pieces that we have to begin to look at is, is go maybe go back to a time – where you felt very empowered, where you knew you were empowered, right? A confidence. Yeah. It's a groundedness. And then look at areas of your life now. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like that that point of reference and comparison because often when you when people first start we don't let me back up to say we don't live in a culture that teaches a lot of body emotional intelligence. So we've actually finally started talking about emotional intelligence, but then there's a whole nother step to really understand the body and to listen to sensations. And so when I find that there are clients of mine, when I do ask them, well, where do you feel that in your body? Or what do you notice in your body? They, you know, look at me with a little bit of a blank, like, I'm not quite sure what you mean, (laughs) you know, and it's hard to then no, well, what am I, how do I experience confidence? And and if they're not feeling it in that moment, then, you know, what are they going to be able to compare it to? So I really like that point of going to a place in your life that you felt power. And then you can actually um, just sit with that experience, track sensation, get almost like a body imprint of what it feels like to be in that situation. And, you know, I think for, if some people are kind of racking their brain, I mean, even think about intimacy. Intimacy is an empowerment. Like humans love connection. We love to be connected to somebody else. So think of a time like that you felt so connected with a partner or connected with a child or with a friend and just kind of source that in your body because that is a sense of empowerment. It doesn't have to be, oh, I was standing up getting a um, a trophy or an accomplishment or I was public speaking. It's it's something that can be really personal. But true connection, human to human, feels empowering. You feel that sense of I get you, I feel you. So I'd even encourage people to think about on 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 those on that scale. It's like where can you go and have a point of comparison even with an intimate connection that you felt really in your body, you felt really seen and heard and felt by that other person. Because then that gives you a sense of yourself and you have that reference point, like you said, or that point of comparison to be like, well, so how am I feeling right now? And then if you're all wobbly and you're distracted or all these different things are coming and and you're thinking about yourself within your new business, like I just launched this new business and I feel all over the place. Well, maybe it's not that that business was a wrong choice, but maybe it's just time to get reconnected to why you're there and what is it that you're hoping to accomplish and do the work with yourself 
that you really hope to do with your next client, but you need to do it. Start with yourself, do that work, put yourself through your own program, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. And then those people are going to show up because they're going to feel that too and vibrate, feel the vibration of what you're creating. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a couple really sort of practical reasons why I wanted to bring this up, right? For one, I think people don't always realize that their level of empowerment personally is what their clients level of empowerment can get to. Right. Mm-hmm. So in other words, like so many of us are, you know, coaches or consultants or, you know, um, like healthcare professionals or, you know, psych- psychotherapists or, you know, there's, there's all sort of these service businesses. Mm-hmm. And even in nine to five jobs, you know, we give to a lot of people. Yeah. And I think we don't realize that, that, you know, we always sort of want to help others up and we always sort of want to empower them and we want to help them be strong. And and we don't always recognize that like we can only help someone to the level of empowerment that we have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it doesn't mean that we have to be perfect, of course, right? Because we're always on this journey to more, to more empowerment. So we're not talking about perfection and we're not talking mm-hmm. about that voice that says you have to be perfect before you can work with others or empower others. Okay. So I want to sort of separate that and put that aside. <laughs> what we're talking about is the more work you do on yourselves, the more capacity you have to hold the space for others, the mm-hmm. more understanding you have of what they're going through. Like if I hadn't done so much work on myself over the years, I couldn't help my clients go through that same level of work because mm-hmm. I've been there. I understand it. I know what they're encountering. I know what's coming up for them. Otherwise, I could just bypass it all. You know, I could not see what they're sitting in because I haven't done the work myself to understand it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this kind of goes into that. So I'm, I'm so glad that you differentiated the topic of people responding of, oh no, if I'm not empowered, I'm not going to be able to do any of this work and I can't be a healer or a coach or a consultant until I figure this out. And that's not what we're saying because there is a journey. And so being able to understand that this awareness, this mindfulness of yourself and where you are just helps you do the self-actualization that then brings in the clients who need that level of work. And, and we, it helps to be just a little bit ahead on that, that, that spectrum. And then it's okay when we fall back down because, you know, my greatest work is probably with those who've had similar experiences that I, that I have had, but maybe I'm in a different place along the journey and a different, I have a different perspective that I can, it's almost like talking back to your younger self. Like when you're speaking to somebody who's just um, experienced a huge loss or just gone through something very traumatic and you know what it's like on that other side, if you haven't integrated and processed that experience, you may become activated and you may be all wired and reactive, you know, to what that person is going through. But if you've attempted to do as much of the work as you can, if you've processed and integrated and reflected on it, you are able to then be that teacher. It's just, this is the natural, um, the, the beautiful dance between teachers and students because we dance this back and forth. And sometimes our clients are teaching us, sometimes we're teaching them, but yeah, I think it's just a really important conversation to have with each other right now, Sonia, and, and like us to think about 
I'm thinking for myself, like, where is this maybe showing up for me right now? Mm. Where is it? Where is this, you know, kind of limiting me? And I did really resonate with, um, something, um, and, and I may have talked about this in a different podcast, but I recently, I love Glennon Doyle and she wrote love warriors and she was saying there's this misperception when people read a book that you've written that they're reading it in the present time and they think that you're in real time, the author by you and that they're thinking and they then they're seeing you on your book tour or they're seeing you on Oprah or whatever. And they're thinking, oh, my God, like this person is freaking amazing. Like, look at all this stuff that they've been through. And then they're just sitting there like talking about it. And we have this thing where there's a disconnect. She said, you have to understand that I went through that like seven years ago. I've had time to think about it, to write about it, to cry about it, to fall apart about it. I'm not in real time. When I come and talk about this, I've healed through some of this. And I'm at a different place with it. That's what allowed me to be able to write it and how I can come speak to it. And I think that that was, she just explained it so well because we forget, we think that we're in real time all the time because our society is so quick and everything is like instant. Mm. But when you really admire someone and you think, wow, what must it be like to be in their body? What must it like be like to speak that way about my trauma? Well, just remember that they've had to be with themselves. It's not just an overnight experience. None of us are able to reach deep understanding of self in one sitting meditation or one overnight self-examination or one therapy session or coaching session. Yeah. And I think that, I think it's about the integration And this is what I'm really talking about when I say, like, empower yourself first before you, you know, spend so much time and focus on empowering others. And and part of that is because the integration you have is about bringing forth your wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, you know, people, I think there's a lot of people who don't have a practice of integration. There's a lot of things that haven't been integrated and we don't support that in the world. So, So it's funny because I have a lot of, you know, a lot of clients come to me. And I'm working with them to, you know, obviously improve their business, improve their ability to have more income, you know, and to have more impact. But what they don't realize is how much integration they're going to have in that process. And so they hit a point where it's like they're falling apart and I'm like, perfect, we're on track. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, okay, we're going to put all the business work aside because I want you to spend the next two days working on yourself. I want you to be with yourself. I want you to, to, you know, integrate. I want you to feel everything. I want you to see what's coming up. I want you to examine it. And they're like, but, but I need to work on my business. And I'm like, this is working on your business. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and so I'm actually telling you, not only am I giving you permission, I'm, I'm saying this is your homework assignment. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is why I love you, Sonia. This is why you're my kind of coach. Cause I need that permission. It's like, go do self care. Exactly. Yeah. And I think this is the thing we're not, not enough people are doing that. They're so focused, like even really wise business coaches, they're so focused on, okay, but you need to take this action and you need to do this step and you need to be productive here. And here's where you need to put your attention. And it's all actions. Not enough people are like, stop all of that and just go be. 
Just go be with yourself, figure out what's coming up. And what I, what I've seen, you know, and because this is my experience and, and with my own integration as well is they have a couple days of that and then they're like rockets, right? Like all of a sudden they're like, Oh, I feel so confident. Like everything's fallen into place. Like I get it. You know, Oh my gosh, like all this is happening. And that's because they gave themselves the permission to have those two days of empowering themselves. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, this is, is not everyone's willing to do that, of course, which is why people who aren't willing to sort of empower themselves first aren't very good clients for me because they're not <laughs> going to get very far. And I think, you know, this is the piece. It's really about looking at, it's not saying don't create that business where you want to empower other women. It's just saying keep in mind and keep your attention on the fact that you need to be looking at where you're still in disempowered. Because sometimes I see very disempowered people who are trying to empower others. And it's unstable. Like they can't, they won't, they won't sustain themselves empowering other people until they first empower themselves. And this is the thing. And is it's, you know, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, you're really going to have to do the work first. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of, it makes me think about, you know, historically in psychotherapy, especially psychoanalysis, therapists used to be coached or trained to be this blank slate and just this person, you can just project yourself. The client projects themselves onto this blank slate. But what they weren't thinking about is the impact that that just non-human blank slate has on that client, like in a human-centered place. What's beautiful is that every time we're working together in connection, the relationship is this beautiful Petri dish for things to happen. And the more that we are showing up in ourselves, messy or not, beautiful, messy, chaotic, imperfect, but showing up present, we're bringing so much more to the plate for our clients. And thank goodness, I would not have made a very good psychotherapist back in the day because I use the human therapeutic relationship. Mm-hmm. I understand I am a human that shows up in that room with my client. And yes, I have a certain amount of an expertise or a certain training and I hold space and I have a duty to hold good boundaries and be really clear and bring certain amount of integrity into the room. But I get to be a human in the more empowered of a human I am, the more conscious of a human I am, then it's just actually a richer relationship that's built mm-hmm. up between me and that client or multiple clients. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a trust built as well. Like when we yes. have, when we're doing the work ourselves, and that doesn't mean again, being perfect. It doesn't mean being at the end point of empowerment. You know, when you're just focused on empowering yourself, like step by step, piece by piece, sometimes particle by particle, like, you know, <laughs> when you do that, that builds a trust from the people around you, from your clients, from the prospects, from people looking at your brand, like, they can feel it. It's an unconscious, like they get that you're doing the work, you know? Yeah. So it's not about being at the end point, but it, it's about having the decision and the, the understanding to keep doing the work yourself and people get it and they feel it and they resonate with it. And you are, you have so much more impact when you're doing that. And so it's just like this little, this little, you know, flip that we need to do because so many people, like I said, they're really focused on empowering other people, which I so appreciate. And it's fantastic mission. And I have that mission myself. I get it, but they're not enough focused on that empowering themselves. 
Mm -hmm. And bringing it back to the masculine and the feminine, because that's an ongoing thread in all of our podcasts. If you think of it that way, if you look at that as a place of um, like a model, the, the masculine is masculine energy is very task oriented when it comes to empowerment. It can be a little bit like, okay, how am I doing? And let me get to this next place of empowerment and I need to empower. It's a very action based Mm. where the feminine understanding of empowerment is, is in the being it's Mm -hmm. in the being of it. It's in the processing of it, allowing yourself to continue to move and be and learn from that place. It's not, a check mark. It's not a check box. It's not something on the to-do list that can be easily marked off. Yeah, completely. And I think, you know, this, this also gets to sort of the indoctrinated version of feminine and the true version of feminine, right? And this is a journey I'm on myself as well. Like to, you know, I've studied the feminine, the masculine a lot over the years, but there's still so much richness and understanding. I still have to go deeper because we as a society have not been um, taught the wisdom of the feminine, right? We haven't been taught even what the true feminine is. There's no archetypal feminine energy in the world, really. Like we have to find it. Like it's not, it's not present in our everyday. We have to actually do a whole different exploration to even find ourselves, really. And I think one of the things that we have to look at is, you know, the way the world has indoctrinated us to feminine is we are servants. We serve others. We care for others. We give of ourselves. We give up, we give up ourselves. Like this is the indoctrination of the feminine. But what the true archetypal feminine is, is it's it going within and being so that that wisdom, like our innate feminine wisdom comes up and that wisdom, that, that, you know, understanding and awareness we have is what is in service to others. Mm-hmm. That's yes. very different. It's not about what we do, actually. It becomes about what we are. It becomes about our example. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about this sometimes, but I even think the people who are talking about it, it's still very conceptual, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then in the other breath, they're still trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And like you said, it's because culturally that's been the model, what's been modeled for us. It's been what we've seen, what has been taught. Mm. And so it's a different way of being with ourselves, but it's honoring the feminine way that is a gift that many of us have. It's a, it's just a part of us. I mean, the masculine feminine is a part of every human being and having the female gender means that we're closer to it. It's just a little bit easier for us to slip into that if we allow for the true feminine and not for the distorted feminine. It's the same for the masculine. Really what we're talking about when people go really masculine on it, it they're still distorting the masculine because yes. the masculine can be extremely um, important for taking action on that mm. to being and then acting. There's the beautiful balance. But we sort of operate in those distortions. So it's either completely like I have to be in service to others at all times and doing sort of that um, kind of over helping, which hurts us in the end and doesn't help our clients Mm. or that sort of overacting over Mm -hmm. responsibility over, um, you know, linear, over, overly linear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there, and we do need both. I mean, you know, and the reason that we talk so much about the feminine is not because we want to just, you know, we hate the masculine or we don't like the masculine or, you know, because there's a balance. Like if we, we all really love the masculine. 
Yeah, me too. I love the masculine. You know, the real masculine, the undistorted yes. masculine, right? So <laughs> healthy. But what the reason why we talk about the feminine so much is because it's not talked about, because people don't understand it, because it's not brought into our everyday life, because the world is very patriarchal, period. Like yeah. it is. Yeah. There's no way around it. And that is very much the distorted masculine. And instead of being, you know, instead of women growing up being valued for their feminine, being praised for their feminine, being mm-hmm. supported and taught how to use their feminine. Instead, yeah. we we get indoctrinated with a very distorted view of the feminine and we're mm-hmm. never taught the wisdom of the feminine. And so this is yeah. why we feel like we have to bring it up a lot because it's not talked about, because it's not understood. It, there's such an imbalance of it in the world that we, we've got to bring it to light so that all of us can start, start to explore that. What does that actually mean? What does the feminine mean? You know, how do we bring that up? What does empowerment mean? Because empowerment for men and women is very different. Yes. The feeling of empowerment is very different. And to some degree, men have, you know, the privilege, and you know, which gives them a certain level of power, you know, but they mm-hmm. still have to find their own empowerment. And it's a different journey than women. And so what we want to bring up and talk about, of course, since this is a podcast for women, is the journey that we need to have towards empowerment. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking as you say that, though, I'm looking in my, the, or I'm examining my brain here to say, how many examples times have I seen the headline empowering the masculine, like, or how to feel like an empowered man at work. (laughs) It's like, that's not, we're not seeing a lot of that. And because of the patriarchal culture and society that we live in. So that's why I think it's more common that you hear about it spoken for women, although it's important for both. It's this thing that if you look at power differential, then even the distorted masculine, it is innately more or inherently because it's not innate. It's an inherited, unearned um, privilege, right? So the masculine has that power. So it's easier for men, even if it's in that distorted place, I think, to stand in a place of power. Now, where I have seen my client struggle is the man that's more identified with his feminine, that has grown up in Mm. a patriarchal family in which his feminine was leading in a lot of parts of his life, and he wasn't accepted for that. And so then he put on the mask of the masculine that he was supposed to be. And he struggles much more with the sense of disempowerment because there was a, you know, a not a, an ability to claim. So inter- interestingly enough, my point being, whether it's a man or a woman, I see those that have not been allowed to embrace their feminine mm. struggling with disempowerment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's true. I mean, and, and this is, I mean, empowerment is not exclusive to gender, obviously. And we talk about it in terms of women because we are a more disempowered gender, in general, mm-hmm. and because, you know, we understand women and we, we you know, want to bring out some of that. But yes, I mean, this, this whole idea of empowering yourself first before you empower others, it's true for any gender. It's true for any person. Yeah. Like, you know, the goal is that we're all empowered, that we all find our voice and our own authority, not in power mm-hmm. over others, but that we're standing in our power in ourselves. You know, and I kind of go back to that, um, the thing I read last week in Reclaiming your power, like uh, reclaiming your lives as women, you know, where I was reading from the Judith Dirk book and she was talking about how, 
you know, we have to break away from society. We have to break away from culture. We have to be and find our own really innate wisdom. I mean, that's empowerment. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's trusting ourselves fully. And see, that's what I find is this underlying thing with a lot of the women that I've worked with in my life. Like the, you know, I've, I've worked with thousands and I think, you know, underneath all of these women is this thing of not trusting themselves, not trusting the feminine, you know, and this is, this is such a primary place of disempowerment. See, we can, even disempowerment is on so many levels, right? So we can talk yeah. about, you know, where we just don't have rights and, you know, we, in, in the physical world where we, you know, don't have power somewhere. But I like to focus and look at, because we have more control over it, all the disempowerment we have in ourselves. And part of that, every time you distrust yourself, you disempower yourself. Mm, well said. Every, let's say that one again. Every time you distrust yourself, you disempower yourself. There's a truth bomb right there <laughs> in Danielle Laporte's words. The truth bomb. Yes. Yeah, it's true. And I love that you're making that um, clear that, yes, there are systemic challenges that are going to be our collective challenge to address. But there are things that we can look at individually. Where are we standing up and claiming ourselves, reclaiming? And I love the just how many words you can think of about returning or the RE. It's like reclaim, restore, you know, return. I mean, it's just, it's coming back. And why do we even have that understanding in the human language and the English language? Like, and it's in all languages, this ability to come back in mm. because there is this source that is inherently wise and Yet, this is a complex place and humans are complex beings and we get messy mm. and we try things that don't work and we use power because we're afraid. And that's one thing I was going to bring up that the context of fear. When I think about what, ha, what, what am I, what emotion is coming up when I start to feel in disem, feel disempowered? It's sometimes, it's often fear. It's mm. letting myself not trust mm -hmm. and start to doubt and to be fearful, yeah. to be fearful that I'm not good enough, to be fearful that um, somebody else is taking something from me or is going to use power over just whatever it is. It's usually coming from fear, which makes sense with what you just said and why I resonated with that word distrust mm. and that lets it in it's like a window that you open up up yeah. to that feeling of being disempowered and losing your power. Yeah. Really. And I think we don't talk about trust. That that actually would be a really um, good episode in and of itself about trust and distrusting ourselves. Because so many people, I hear people say it all the time, oh, I trusted my intuition and it failed me. And I just want to be like, I just want to slap them a little bit, you know, just yeah, like a loving slap. <laughs> <laughs> because Let's untangle that one, people. Let's look at that a little closer. <laughs> because, you know, it's like that is just, that just slapped their intuition and their wisdom in the face when it probably yeah. was not their wisdom and their intuition that made, helped them make that choice. It probably was yeah. something from the mind, something from their brain, something from their indoctrination, something from their emotions. There's a whole lot of other things that pull us. Yeah. And every time you start to, to, you know, downplay your intuition, you're downplaying your power. 
you know, and this is one of the things as women, we have to stop. Like our intuition and our innate wisdom is so wise and it is our authority and it is our knowing and it is where our power comes from. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that we have to trust it. The problem is most people don't know how to access it. Yeah. You know, and this is, well, there's so many years of holding it back. Right. Mm. And, and, you know, people telling you, oh, that's not, don't listen to that or yeah. Yeah. And And these are the skills I think we have, you know, the skills that I try to teach people is not, this is how you run your business. This is how you go out and do sales. My skills that I find are more valuable in business are trusting yourself, listening to that wise voice, discerning between your wise voice and your mind and your fear, you know, like these are the skills that we need to be teaching and the skills that we need to be learning, you know, not how to use Instagram. I mean, really. (laughs) (laughs) We all know that we're signing up for those programs, but it's not where the answer lies. Oh, yes. Yes. I am so with you on this because I have been guilty of doing, following that rabbit hole of just Mm. getting on the computer and and putting something in the Google search and trying to figure it out. Like, how am I going to figure this? When really there is a wise knowing and often kind of a nudge that says you need to just stop and take those two days. Just like you've told your clients, like just take a couple of days. And why is that so hard to give ourselves permission I've, I've seen that with myself and I see it with my clients. It's, mm-hmm. it's so hard and we have this block against it. We feel like it's not productive mm-hmm. and I'm using little air quotes. People <laughs> can't see me. <laughs> it's like not efficient air quote. It's not productive. It's like what's up with us not allowing ourselves to value being in the integration, being in the self-reflection. Yeah. And I think it's because we've not put any value on it in society, right? We put value on productivity, what you can see, what you can taste, what you can touch. You know, and this is a whole sort of elusiveness that we haven't put enough value on. The cool part is that when when women actually let themselves have it, then they have a reference point, right? They know that doing that has given them more power. Doing that has yeah. made them more productive. And the, but the problem is we still have these voices and that's just, it takes time. I mean, even for myself, as I said last week, you know, in giving myself that time, I know I have a reference point. I know consciously, I know cognitively that, you know, I need that time and that space in order to be able to be more productive and successful. I know this. And yet I still feel guilty. Like I still feel it. (laughs) And, and so, you know, it's just having to, you know, reclaim that and, and move through the guilt and move through those things because we, we know, we know we had a, we have a reference point. Most of us have at least one reference point of where we took the time to go inward and we had so much power afterwards and so much more impact and we touched people afterwards. And, and so I think, you know, we've just got to, we've got to move through until we actually get on that other side of recognizing where our power comes from because it doesn't come from our mind. It doesn't come from the things we learn. It doesn't come from the things you read or the online courses you take or or <laughs> any of that. It yeah. comes from the work you do inside yourself. That is absolutely true. And I actually, just as you were talking, I had a little light bulb, little exercise for myself that I'm going to work on to try to help me find empowerment this week. And so I'm going to encourage listeners to try this out. So I don't know, I'm sure I'm not the only one that struggles with this over or this 
instant response when someone says, how are you doing? What, you know, what's going on that? Oh my God, I've been so busy. I've just been so busy. I've got la 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 la. And this is how we talk to each other about our overwhelm and our busyness. And it's almost something that's become a status. Like I have to show you how busy I am. Honestly, mm. that is disempowering the hell out of me. That's mm. so disempowering. Mm-hmm. I do not need to listen to myself lament about how I have no time. So my thing is now I'm going to, and I'll report back on how well I can do this. But I want to practice when someone says, how is it going? What have you been up to? I want to be able to say, you know what? I took a two-hour walk the other day in nature and just completely let myself unplug. And it was challenging because I have a lot of things on my to-do list. Like we can be real, but you know, I am trying so hard to find more time for myself or just something along those lines. Like what if I lead with, I'm really in a big transitional place and I'm finding that I need to spend more and more time alone or on the meditation cushion or journaling. And how about you? (laughs) It's like, why don't we lead with that? And I feel like I would actually feel I'm going to feel awkward saying that because I'm not used to saying that, but I think it can feel really empowering to start naming what I'm actually wanting and, mm. and feel more unapologetic about it because yes. that is valuable. And that's where I want to be spending my time. And I am not leading with that. I'm leading with all the crap about how busy and everybody's, <laughs> you know, doing this thing. Oh, that's really good. And I think, I think this is great. Like, I think we all should, and we're, I'm going to encourage all of you to create a challenge for yourself this week. You know, like what is something you can do to put your empowerment first? And so for me, my challenge is I've decided yesterday, actually, that every Monday I'm going to make it my day to be like mm-hmm. no to do's, no computer, like oh, I'm just going to allow my no no connecting with clients, no responding to my VA. Like literally Mondays, I am disconnected to the world so that I can connect with myself, and that's what I'm going to do every Monday, all day. Now that is huge, right? I felt like I did this yesterday to some degree, and I felt guilty the entire time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is my practice and my work, and I I encourage all of yeah. you to look at you know where what challenge can you give yourself this week to be more empowered and to put that empowerment first before you go and you empower others, before you give to others, before you help others. Mm-hmm. I love it. So yeah, they can go onto the Facebook page and share with us yeah. if they would like, right? Yeah, we yeah, love that. It'd be awesome if anybody wants to share because I'd be curious. And I'll definitely um, be providing an update. And I'm excited to hear about yours because that is a, a bigger goal of mine too, is to really have a whole day. I think right now I'm giving myself these pockets of time, but it takes a whole day. Mm. And when you just keep looking at the clock, knowing that you've got to switch from your self-care time (laughs) in an hour, just takes the fun out of it. Well, yeah. that, that's exactly what I found for myself is that I give myself these little pockets of the hour, a bath at night, you know, these different things. And I feel mm. stressed. I feel pressured by time and therefore I can't go in and I can't be because I think, oh, I just, I have 45 minutes left. Oh, I've got 15 minutes left. Like, you know, I've got it. And then it becomes that to do again. It becomes that ambition again. It becomes that like, okay, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to hustle my self care. I've got 10 minutes left. <laughs> self care hustle. Hashtag self care. <laughs> Oh, and we talked more about this last week if you missed it. But thank yeah. you all for joining us. And we will dive into another topic next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. 
get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.